Welcome to the Toddversation, a Toddcast. Once more, into the fire swamp. Shooting Tim, Part 2. In high school, I had managed to score a sweet job. I worked at the burger stop. You don't find these places much anymore, except perhaps rural America. Mom and pop drive through, drive up, walk up. Burger stands with an old grill, paper hats. It was awesome. In the previous episode, I said I didn't remember how I got to the hospital. That's true. But while I was working at the burger stand, my father's old Chevy truck with a 327 in it, three on the tree transmission was there. So I guess I drove. On this particular day, I was an exemplary employee. I had no interest in ending my shift and going home. I peeled several additional five gallon buckets of potatoes to make fries, soaking them in water, of course. And finally, the boss looked at me and said, wow, Todd, I don't know what got into you, but you've been amazing today. Thank you so much, but go home. I remember the drive home. I used to love to drive that truck. I'd punch it out of every light or sign. I'd shift down whatever I could and make those pipes roar. And as I pulled into my father's house, it's still wet. It rained all day. You could see all the tire marks from the emergency vehicles and the cop cars. You can see the mud on the porch. And I gently opened the front door and stood there wondering. Always the frugal one. My father had acted as general contractor on his home. We liked the place, but it didn't keep secrets. When you walk through the front door, there was a little sunken living room to the right, and a hallway moving to the back of the house. So I walked down the hallway, the creaking of the floorboards betrayed my entrance. After about four steps, I stopped. To the left of me was the TV room with the chair no longer holding a 38, where it all started. In it sat my father. Along the wall was the love seat, overstuffed, fake leather, and my brother was on the love seat. Bandages, pillows, it was pathetic. It wasn't like I'd blasted him with a shotgun. We had plenty of those. Or even the 357 Magnum, which would have been something. It was a 22. Give me a break. I opted to take a right. I thought, well, I'm not going to die on a full stomach. So I grabbed the bread, butter, peanut butter, jelly, and decided to make myself a sandwich. 
I noticed that I was having a hard time not chopping the bread into little pieces because my right hand was shaking. But I continued to make the sandwich and I heard my father slowly rise out of that oversized lazy boy chair. He was not a small man. In fact, as I stood there trying not to pee my pants, my right hand shaking and destroying what might have been a sandwich, my father approached and then towered over me, blocking out the sun and what I thought at the time also my future. He looked at me and he said, so Todd, what'd you do today? I have many competing memories of my father. And there were times when he rose to the occasion. And boy, did he. As I stood there, my underwear still dry. What might have been a sandwich in front of me, I tried not to cry. I marched dutifully behind my father into the TV room. My father looks at us, absolutely relishing the moment. And he says, now boys, what have I always told you? And Tim and I together dutifully repeat, Daddy's guns are always loaded. Then ensued the rant, all working around the question of, then why the hell didn't you listen to me? And what the hell were you thinking? At different points, I tried to interject, make excuses, explain, apologize, babble. My dad said, Todd, shut up. Did you or did you not? shoot your brother with one of my guns, which is, by the way, always loaded, in my house. Yes, sir, I did. Well, boys, as you know, I work in insurance. And this house is covered by what we call a homeowner's policy, or in this case, a shooter's paradise. And yes, you, Todd, shot your brother with your father's gun in your father's house. So here's what we're going to do. This was the part I'd been dreading. The part in which I learned of and was assigned my future. The part in which I would remain a virgin for the remaining short days of my life and my dad was eating it up todd can we agree that you shot your brother in my house yes sir tim here's what you're gonna do you're gonna sue me i about threw up my plate at this point this was truly the end of our family and the babbling began again and once again i was told to shut up so my brother did, quote, quote, sue my dad. I was never allowed to know the amount. My sister threw a fit. I think they bought her off with a shopping trip to the mall. I have no idea how much money my father kept. My brother, for his pain and suffering, was rewarded with a used but 
pretty sharp GMC Jack Depp 4x4 truck, which he proudly drove away to college the following year. I was kept on the hook. You might be noticing a trend here. The following year, breaking my mother's heart, I bought my first motorcycle for the road. My father then pitched in what I presume to be a small portion of the lawsuit to assist me with buying a Suzuki 450. I loved that bike until I walked into my first Harley Davidson shop. So if I have to tie it all together, I ignored the repeated warnings from my father about daddy's guns are always loaded. I shoot my brother and I end up riding the world's finest motorcycle. Wow. Now what's not great about America? It took me a while before I was willing to share that story with anyone. I did then and still do feel rather, not rather, incredibly stupid. It served my brother well, however. He was a basketball player in college. He told me they'd be in the shower after practice. Somebody would say, hey, what's that? Would just look and mutter, got shot. He then went on to have a rather exemplary military career, serving multiple tours in combat as a leader. Quite a guy, actually. And he was telling me recently, with all of his battlefield tales that he's slow or loath to speak of, when people ask him, would you ever get shot? You'd always just kind of grin and say, yes, I did. And then leave it at that. We didn't find the bullet, at least not for years. It was like, oh, 15, 20 years later, my dad and the stepmonster were selling the house, going through closets, you know, filled with clothes that haven't been worn in years. And there was in a cufflink at the base of some trousers that had cuffs. The projectile from that 22 long rifle fired from that Ruger Blackhawk single action pistol. My brother still has that bullet and the scar. This has been Shooting Tim, part two.